Today on the Travel Guys. In the travel news, Hawaii is considering a return to lockdown after COVID spikes in the state. A Delta flight crew goes the extra mile to give a small boost to some Afghan children. And Venice is charging admission. Details next. At 3.20, we make you a smarter traveler with news of a great Amtrak holiday weekend discount on the Capitol Corridor trains. And we'll talk about a possible change in mask policy on board the plane, which could impact a lot of people. The back half of the show features two stories with baseball overtones. First at 335, we talked to Bill George, who paid some big dollars to be a part of the Field of Dreams game in Iowa last week. Then at 3.50, we're joined by Ron Clements. Ron's new book is A Sports Fan's Guide to Route 66. You'll learn a little, about, a little bit about some of the stadiums and sites along the old highway. Thanks for joining us on a smoky Sunday afternoon. It's time for the latest edition of The Travel Guys. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. to another edition of the Travel and Entertainment Guys with Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano. We are the guys. Thanks for joining us. We're brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. We're all uh, hunkered in place here. You know, I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure what what I'm hiding from today. Well, yes, I do. Number one, the the horrible smoke outside that uh, is bad for your health. Uh, and then staying away from places indoors where I might contract the the newest and greatest version of the uh, of the coronavirus. So, with that being said, you know uh, I'm I'm kind of revisiting about a year ago. How about you, Mark? Hello, talk to me. Aloneness and Mike. It was it was perfect there when we did the headlines. Yeah, you know what, Louise? Give us give us two minute break. We'll be right back. Yeah, yeah. What, what, was it something I said? I don't, I don't know. know. What, what did I say? Who did I offend? I offended the the microphone gods or something. We did a sound check there right before they threw the switch and something happened and <laughs> I went far, far away. Okay, well, you're you're now up close and in person. Thank well, you. Good to see you. Uh, let's get to work. I understand uh, yesterday, we talked about it last week, yesterday at KVIE was uh, the tour catalog preview day, uh, the augmented version of, uh, of what you got going on. Uh, how was the crowd? Tell me a little bit about it. Well, um, as many people know, I'm the owner at Sports Leisure Vacations, a little tour company that's been around this town for a little over 40 years and once a year we roll out a catalog and we're and, and tell people some wonderful places that we hope they can travel um you know that's worked out some yes and some no the last year and a half so yesterday at kvie thanks to those folks at our public broadcast station who allowed us into the building we were among the first folks allowed back in we had three 
uh, sessions unveiling our new product and our new catalog and had about 400 people total at the three sessions, all fully masked and fully vaccinated. And we didn't put everybody in a plastic bag, but we, we came as close to that as we possibly could. So uh, we have folks who want to be able to travel and go places and do things. And so thank you to all the people who came out yesterday. We charge a $10 admission for our preview day because years ago we found that when it was free, um, only about 70% of the people who said they were going to show up would show up. It was hard to predict the crowds. So we started charging a small admission fee, $5, and now it's $10. And we turn around and give all of that those fees to local charities. Like, for example, a third of that money yesterday went to our friends at the Wreath Project, who put the decorations mm-hmm. on the graves of the fallen down at the Sacramento Valley Cemetery. So we have three, three uh, charities each year. And uh, so that way we make sure people come and we're able to raise very painlessly yesterday $4,000 for some really good community causes. And so it, it, it's That's really was a, it was a it was a great time. I mean, it's it, we're all trying to be as safe as we can. And uh, for those who couldn't be with us yesterday, the catalog will post online on Wednesday, I believe, and they'll all go in the mail to folks tomorrow. So if you are, it's it's uh, we're not going overseas next year. We're just going to stay domestically, uh, domestically meaning the United States and Canada. So uh, if you are a mature traveler and you have an interest in traveling with a, a long established local company, uh, you can go to tra- you can go to sportsleisure.com and find out uh, more about what we do. And again, thanks to all the folks who came out yesterday. It was really nice just to see everybody. Some of the folks who travel with us, of course, we haven't seen for a long time so it was a it was a great day at kvie yesterday outstanding thanks to the fine folks at uh, kvie for allowing all of the sports leisure vacation travelers to uh, to use their facility well and i and and just one small point here and i don't want to get too blunt they they made a special you know they haven't had anybody in the building for a long time and so I don't want to get anybody in trouble here. They, they, they gave us a special dispensation because they know our crowd and, you know, how we were going to, that we were going to be vac- vaccinated and masked and, and be safe. But um, I will suggest to you that that public television station um, proves over and over again that they are really, truly a community asset. And that's nothing against the other for-profit stations in town. But I just, the folks at KVIE, we have had a relationship with them for three decades they are good people. And so, you know, they may or may not run everything that you like on the public broadcast station in town, but that's sort of the point is you're not supposed to like everything that they run. Um, they're <laughs> supposed to be outside the box a little bit, but, boy, they really – I'm sorry I've gotten off track here. But, anyway, I just wanted to say a real thank you to those folks because um, they allowed us to have an event in their home, and uh, we're really appreciative of that. All right, lots of stuff to cover today on the Travel Guys, so let's let's get to it. Top of every Travel Guys radio program, we bring you up to date on the travel news. And with the latest travel news, here's Mark. Let's see some interesting stuff this week. We've talked about, Tom, for the last couple years, the city of Venice, Italy, which is a huge tourist attraction, the sinking city, um, just being completely overrun with tourists. And they've had a problem with... Uh, big cruise ships, and particularly cruise ships that want to dock in close because the city is part of the city is shrink is sinking, and so water turbulence and stuff is the, the thing they need the least right now. Uh, so Venice has really been struggling with this, and like many destinations, 
I think they found out during COVID when things shut down, suddenly there weren't any tourists or there were very few tourists and life was very different. And a lot of the people who lived in who live in those places decided that, you know, they liked life better that way. Now, Mm -hmm. uh, you live in a historic spot that's a popular tourist spot. You may or may not be able to to avoid all of that entirely. But the people in Venice have decided that they're going to do something about the overcrowding and all the visitors and stuff. So they're going to control access to the inner part of the city with some turnstiles, and they're going to charge people, and they're going to make the cruise ships dock outside of the historic area so that the water turbulence can't damage the historic area. And folks will have to take a little bit longer to get into Venice, and it's going to cost them a few more dollars. And I'm a guy who takes people places, so this is kind of a delicate subject, but I'm kind of sort of in favor of this. I think if they they control access, maybe they will be able to – the quality of the visit will be better. Have they have they picked a date or time when this they're gonna they're gonna make this happen? I have a brother who has uh, been planning here for about two years uh, with COVID and all to uh, to take his uh, you know his dream vacation uh, to to Italy and mm-hmm. it, it's going to be a cruise. He's going to fly there and cruise all the great places, and I'm sure uh, Venice is one of them. Uh, so when's this all going to happen? Uh, summer uh, next summer, summer of twenty two. The fee for entry into Venice will likely be somewhere between three and ten euros. So that's between about three fifty and about twelve dollars by uh, current uh, exchange rates. It's not going it, to it, it's not going to bankrupt anybody. I'm going to suggest to you, Tom, that it's going to make the visitor experience better. So if I, I and without getting in any other part of it, where they're what they're going to use the money for, or whether that's right, wrong, or whatever, I'm going to suggest to you that by charging a few dollars and setting up some limitations, that they will force people to be better, better visitors, and it will make it a better experience for the people who go. So I, all right, I'm kind of guardedly in favor of it. Ask me again in a year or two. Check back and we'll see. Um, here's another headline story: a Delta flight crew on a flight that was on a plane that was being used to evacuate Afghan refugees pooled their money and personally paid for special items for kids on board the plane, including diapers, uh, wipes, candy, balloons, coloring books, um, all of those things. The flight attendants found out the night before um, who was going to be on their plane and that literally the families were being whisked away and in many cases had nothing more than the clothes on their backs or certainly didn't have, you know, things that would entertain children. And I don't know how long the flight is from Afghanistan to Washington, Dulles, but let's call it, it's not a commuter flight. Um, so they went out and got a whole bunch of things themselves. I, I guess uh, apparently the pilots af- offered to pay for it um, later on, and the flight crew, the flight attendants told them never mind, and went and bought all this stuff with their own money just so that the kids would have a little bit better experience coming home. So which proves that great. people are yeah. good. Yeah, that was pretty good. cool. Hawaii officials are contemplating uh, locking things back down. The Delta variant has just become a huge problem. We told you last week the governor of Hawaii had asked uh, tourists, please not to come. It's going to take a couple, three weeks to find out how that impacts because people who had tickets to leave the next day or the three days later probably went ahead and went. But those people who were maybe in a position where they could get out of their hotel reservation – or get a refund or a credit on their plane fare, 
then they might have been people who would have heeded the governor's warning. I Full disclosure, I am supposed to escort a group to Hawaii the second week of November. In fact, it's entirely possible that somebody in that group of 20 is listening to this program today. Um, so we're just going to kind of monitor things for now and see what uh, what's going on. I would prefer not to go to a tourism destination when the leading government official said, please don't come here because we're really having a hard time keeping all of our people safe. Kind of seems to me like that would be counterproductive. But perhaps in a few weeks' time they can get things under control. So if you have a trip to Hawaii next couple months, you kind of want to check things, I think, before you head over there. Yeah, I think it's uh, play it by ear. Things change so quickly uh, these days. Yeah, they do. Um, Amtrak is bringing back service on the Coast Starlight. Uh, started last week, August the 23rd. Um, it's uh, two weeks ahead of schedule. They have restored the route. Amtrak did some work, some track work uh, along the way, some that have been put off for a long time. So if you are someone who would like to ride the train between Los Angeles and Vancouver, actually Seattle, um, you can connect on to, to, to Vancouver if you wish. Um, you can board it in Sacramento, go either direction. Um, the Coast Starlight is a great experience back on the track. 75% of Americans, Tom, say they would choose travel advisors over computers at this point in time, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. It's a big swing from the last time they took this survey four years ago. Uh, four years ago, people w- said they preferred travel agents by a tiny margin, 51 to 49%. It's changed a bit. Now it's up to almost 70, 75%. Of people say they would rather have a good travel advisor than a computer, which tells me that travel companies have successfully confused the hell out of people online and made it very difficult for people to make the right decision. And enough people have made the wrong decision online when buying something that they're willing that they're going to be looking for somebody like Gwen Duncan now to try. And uh, we probably should get Gwen on and talk to her about that story. We have yeah, she, she she's probably very excited to hear that news. I, you know, I it only takes one or two bad experiences with uh, bookings uh, online with third party folks. Sometimes only one uh, to get you to uh, give that up. Folks, if you're headed anywhere to any sort of indoor uh, attraction or indoor gathering or anything, just know that masking requirements are changing pretty rapidly. Uh, for example, the Van Gogh exhibit in San Francisco, which has been very popular and it has been extended. Um, it, folks now have to wear masks and you have to be vaccinated and have a proof of vaccination in order to be able to go into the facility. So if you've got tickets for something, just kind of do a double check. I know most people are vaccinated at this point, but if you're one of those folks who isn't, uh, make sure that the venue is accepting whatever uh, proof that you have uh, for not being vaccinated. And if you are vaccinated, you'll want to make sure that you carry that with you. Also, Delta Airlines this is kind of interesting. Our last story here in the news is requiring that employees be vaccinated or pay a health insurance surcharge of $200 a month uh, mm-hmm. because you're a higher risk. And uh, so Delta has determined that, and they're, along with their insurance company, that it will cost employees who are not uh, vaccinated will have to pay an extra $2,400 a year in health insurance. That might change one or two people's minds. And that's your travel news for today. And we are the travel guys coming up. We'll uh, hit you with some smarter traveler stuff. Going to talk about uh, some changes that's going to be occurring on planes having to do with masks. That's next here on the Travel Guys. Come away with me. 
Mark and Tom, the travel and entertainment guys here with you. Brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Again, uh, links to uh, our special guests and uh, lots of other great stuff to make you a smarter traveler at TravelGuysRadio.com. All right, Mark, uh, let's talk about what's going on with Amtrak. Amtrak has offered a special deal. You know, uh, Labor Day... I don't know if the traffic between Davis and Sacramento and all of 80, I haven't been up and down it much. And, you know, during the height of COVID, it, traffic dropped off a little bit. But I'm guessing during holiday next weekend on Labor Day weekend, the traffic between Sacramento and San Francisco, is it'll probably be faster to walk there than it will be to take a car. Um, Amtrak is going to offer a really good deal if you want to take the Capital Corridor train down to San Francisco or San Jose or any points in between. Um, if you buy a full ticket, full fare ticket, uh, the deal runs through the 18th of September, which is actually the Saturday after Labor Day. So you buy a full fare ticket, and friends can go with you. You can bring up to five people with you at five bucks a head. So the one-way fare is about $25. Round trip is a little less, around 50 a little less. But your friends can go uh, $5 a person. There is a promo code, but if you go to TravelGuysRadio.com, there's a link there to the Amtrak site that will take you right to the deal. So if you want to get uh, tickets and reservations, I would recommend uh, buying your tickets in advance uh, because this is a pretty good deal and the trains might run fairly full. So if you're going to go to, if you're thinking about going to San Francisco for part of Labor Day weekend or even a day trip, you know, you can go down in the morning, come back in the evening, you can sleep on the train. If you have a glass of wine with your dinner, you don't have to worry about driving home because your car is parked at the Amtrak depot, or maybe you even took a, an Uber or a Lyft uh, down to the train depot. So I would say, especially if you could you know, stay outside, keep yourself safe, it's a heck of a deal from Amtrak. So anyways, it's uh, uh, go to TravelGuysRadio.com, and you can find some information there. I teased at the beginning that some airlines, Tom, are talking about changing – the way that they talk, uh, that they uh, deal with face masks. And it's going to be, uh, airlines are talking about the possibility, this hasn't happened yet, but that they might do away with fabric face masks. And say, if you're going to be on the plane, you've got to run a, uh, you've you've got to have a medical face mask to have, and there are a number of them that are acceptable. But that eh, kind of sort of makes sense. What they're saying is that when we started uh, when we started this all out and we didn't have the COVID del- uh, situation with, with the Delta variant, then we were fine. But now that we've got that, um, things are a little bit different. And well, also, no- not everybody's being careful, too. Have you ever noticed that uh, when you, if you have had a chance to or for for good or not, uh, go to a, a medical facility, a doctor's office, uh, whatever. Uh, that's the first thing they do. You, you come in with a cloth mask, they'll hand you a uh, uh, medical mask immediately. Uh-huh. So no cloth masks there. So the fact that they want you to wear the same kind, a medically approved one, on an airline only makes sense. I'm surprised that they didn't mandate that from the very get-go. Probably something that they probably wish that they had. So if you have an airline flight coming up, and it's more, it's further out than the next couple of days, you might want to, before there's a run on these things, if you've got one or two or you've uh, friends got one or two or stop by the drugstore and pick one up 
um, get something. Uh, all of this info is at TravelGuysRadio.com. But basically, they're talking about the surgical masks, the N95s, or they call them FFP2 or FFP3. Those are the ones that are not quite like the duck bill, but more like a general mask. Anyway, just something to be aware of. It could be coming. A change could be coming in the mask requirements on airlines soon. So if you listen to the Travel Guys, you are aware of that possibility. All right. Well, I've, uh, I thought there would be a point, and I think a lot of folks did too, where you would say, well, you know, I don't think I need to order any more masks. This is going to uh-huh. come to an end. You know, we just ordered our, our I think, our third batch of, uh, of really good quality masks and got ourselves some N95s. Of course, here in California, as we're close to uh, the fires, uh, those N95s and so forth are really your only sure protection from all of that smoke outdoors. So, all right, coming up here after the break, we've got two great interviews. We're going to head off to the Field of Dreams with Bill George. He was there. And then later on, the guy who wrote a book called A Sports Fan's Guide to Route 66. Ron will join us here on The Travel Guys. Hey there, it's Mark and Tom, the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Thanks for joining us. Again, links to our special guests can be found at TravelGuysRadio.com. A few weeks ago, uh, we were talking uh, on the air about uh, the the movie and the event uh, Field of Dreams, uh, the recreation of the Field of Dreams not that long ago. I think it was back on the 12th. Well, I've run across an old friend, Bill George, who was a producer reporter for Channel 3 back in the day and has worked uh, in many capacities in the media over the years. And uh, we found out through a friend who is also a friend of the Travel Guys, Mr. Steve LaRosa, that Bill was there at the event at the Field of Dreams. Bill, welcome to the Travel Guys. Well, thanks. Uh, always follow you guys. Love what you're doing. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And and and, and as we had also talked on the air more than once, uh, Mark, being a huge baseball fan, has uh, visited that particular location as well. So, Bill, uh, let's start off by uh, first uh, telling us a little bit about uh, what was your decision to go to the Field of Dreams? Well, as, as typical of me, I guess, it was like a last-minute decision, if you can imagine this. But a friend of mine called me up, and I'm a lifetime White Sox fan. He's a lifetime Yankee fan, and he lives here in Sacramento. And uh, he said, you know, we really got to go to this game. I think this was Monday of the week, and the game was, what, Thursday? Wednesday. <laughs> and I said, you know, come on, man. That's gonna, you know, The tickets are expensive. We need a flight. Well, then he said he had grown up in the Quad Cities, Iowa, uh, Iowa, which is about an hour and a half from Dyersville where the game was played. And he said that his brother would gladly host us and give us a free car so we could drive uh, from the Quad Cities to Dyersville and see the game. So that started to make economic sense, at least in you know, a convoluted, twisted way, where you kind of justify <laughs> everything. So I said, okay, fine, let's do it, what the hell. And, you know, I am uh, of a certain age, I'm 67, and... Even my wife said, you know, you got to do this. You're a lifetime Sox fan. This is never going to happen again. Go ahead. And, of course, now she has leverage over me for everything she wants to do. But, you know, <laughs> it'll work out. <laughs> well, and, and Bill, it's, it, it was, as those of us who were not lucky enough to be there, watched the whole thing unfold on TV. 
it was it was nothing sort of magical. Did it feel that way there when when Costner walked out of the, the cornfield and and all of that started to develop before the ball game? Well, you know, it actually felt magical even before that. Like I said, we drove up from the Quad Cities, and people don't know Iowa. This is on the Mississippi River, so people think of Iowa as flat, boring cornfields. Well, it's not. It's rolling hills, especially in that part of Iowa, which is northeast Iowa, along the Mississippi River Valley. It's just gorgeous. It would be like driving through France, except there were cornfields instead of, you know, uh, vineyards. And you go through, and there's these hills and vales. And this area of of, uh, Iowa is heavily Catholic, so there's monasteries looming up out of the corn and big churches there's actually a basilica in Dyersville, and there aren't that many. It's like 50 in the United States. So it all kind of had this kind of magical feel. And you're driving along, and then you come to this town. And I don't know, Iowans, your travel guys, you might know, Iowans are notoriously friendly and proud of their state. I, I was happened to work there for five years before I, I got to KCRA in journalism. And, you know, one of the things was we used to have trouble interviewing people because everybody was so modest. You you know, you just won the Nobel Prize. Can we talk to you? Oh, I don't want to stick out above everybody else. That would be kind of what you got. But the people were so friendly and so great. And then you come along and you're going through these hills and bales and you come to Dyersville and then you go out to the field. And here's all these guys dressed in, they call them the ghost players, you know, dressed in the vintage uniforms uh, of the 1919 White Sox. And, uh, Boy, it just sent a, a shudder through you. And even like the high school kids are parking your cars. They brought people in from all over Iowa. There were only 8,000 fans, but you're in a town of like 2,000 people. So they had to bring kids in from all over the state to help park the cars and do the ushering and all those things you needed to do. Wow. Okay. Now, uh, tell us about the magical moment. So you get there and... Um, you know, they, they allowed us to watch batting practice, which a lot of major league teams, now they don't open the gates early enough, but we were in there, and we were in there right at 2 o'clock. The game wasn't until like 6.30 Iowa time, but we got there right away. And here they are, both teams just bashing these balls, and there's something about seeing, you know, baseballs disappearing into the corn. I don't know, it's hard to explain, but it was like, it's kind of like sitting hitting into the bay, right? It's the same thing, like, wow, look at that. And the players were obviously into it. I mean, I covered a lot of professional sports in my day, and, you know, those guys, a lot of times, they're focused, they're uptight, but they were having a blast. They were frolicking. You know, they were in the old-time uniforms. They were throwing balls into the stands. They were coming over talking to people, the real players, as well as the ghost players. So everybody was into it. And then, you know, um, it's, so, it's a hot, humid day, and the, it starts to progress in the evening, and then the lights start to, um, to the light, natural light starts to fade, gets twilight. And, you know, the lights in a minor league baseball stadium are nowhere near like a major league field where that whole place is lit up. These are a little bit faded. So that actually, you know, I guess the word's patina. It gave it a patina, that feel of you're back in time. And we're sitting there, batting practice ends, you know. We're talking to people, people from all over the country. Everybody's wearing their vintage uniforms from the Reds or, you know, whatever team they like. They're from all over the place. It's like a big baseball party. So we're sitting there, and then all of a sudden, there's no big announcements or anything. And all of a sudden, like, the crowd stirs, and you look out to right field, and here comes Kevin Costner. And he just walks out on the field, doesn't say a word. And he's just, like, looking around, like he just dropped in from 1919, and, you know, where am I? And he comes out. But the real magic was then the players just, I mean, I don't know how they did it. They just magically appeared out of that cornfield. 
And the crowd went crazy when they saw that. And both teams kind of walked out together. It wasn't like they usually do where they don't even talk to each other before the game or separate entrances. And they all come out and they're walking and they're smiling. And I mean, it, it was just amazing. Just It, it just sent goosebumps all, all through me. So uh, it, it was just so great. It was just crazy. And then walking out of there, I mean, Major League Baseball, and again, I've been to a lot of, I've been to Super Bowls and World Series, and I've never seen anything so well orchestrated to every last detail like the from the color scheme to the, like I said, the players in old-time uniforms. They had cardboard cutouts that were planted in the corn, almost like little shrines all over the place. But uh, it was just one of those things where you go, it's so much bigger than an actual game or an actual an event. And um, I was just blessed that I was able to do it. That's the only word I can think of. Wow. Uh, Bill, I, I just I have to tell you, as a as a baseball fan who just sat and kind of slobbered out of the corner of my mouth all night long, um, except when Costner walked, walked onto the field, I... I, I I'm incredibly jealous of the uh, of the fact that you got to go, but I'm very grateful that you were able to paint such a vivid picture of it because, of course, Major League Baseball, um, figuring out that they might have a winner on their hands, have, has announced that they're going to do this every year. But dare I say, I doubt that any year that follows will ever be exactly like what you just witnessed. Yeah, I think it would be awfully hard to recapture that magic. But I am awfully glad they're doing it. I think they should do it. Well, and if you're just out uh, on vacation, uh, dare I say, I don't know how many people from California would be on vacation in Iowa. I'm an, I'm an old right. Omaha man myself, so have a, a lot of family on the other side of the state of, of Iowa. But if you're ever in the area of the Field of Dreams, it's open every day. You can go out and have a catch um, on the field. Um, play catch. Uh, spend as much time as you want there. There's a little gift shop now, but it's... Uh, uh, it's a really, really special place, and and Bill, I I really thank you for uh, for your time and the and the picture that you painted for us at the Field of Dreams. So thank you very much for your for your time and for your experience at the Field of Dreams. Well, thank you so much, and uh, have a great time. That was uh, that was a great uh, great interview. Uh, he he did a fabulous job of uh, painting the picture of of the event. Uh, yeah, yeah you can have to figure out how to how to go do that. You could tell he's been around. Bill's been around media for a while. He really was a. I, I thought that was one of the best picture painting interviews, really, that I've ever done. I kept it because there's things to be learned from what he had, what he had to say, and how he said them, and all that kind of jazz. Baseball fan, have you been watching the Little League World Series by any chance? Oh, you mean the Dodgers playing Colorado? No, uh-uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was mean. That was mean. I'm sorry. Anyway, yeah, I always like to to tune in for a little bit. Sometimes I feel bad because uh, you know, in the Little League World Series, these kids are really talented, and there's a lot of intensity. And the parents in the stands they're yelling and screaming and enjoying themselves. And then you know, somebody will drop a ball, uh-huh. or somebody will strike out at a critical time. And then comes the tears. Oh yeah, and you just you just feel so bad, you know. And I know it. Uh, they're enjoying this. This is the time of their life. They'll never forget it. But uh, sometimes it feels like there's just uh, just too much pressure on these on these young kids to uh, to win. 
Yeah. You know, I, I know I, it's just a game, but we all know as parents, we've seen it, 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 they get competitive. Yeah, yeah, that's that's absolutely true. Absolutely true. Well, our next uh, coming up after the break here, uh, we're going to talk to a gentleman named Ron Clements. Ron uh, is a sports writer. And he decided to, to theme a book after all of the sports venues that are along the main street of America, uh, Route 66 from Chicago to Los Angeles. So, um, of course, the Rose Bowl sits right on the old high, right? I mean, literally, you have to drive by the Rose Bowl if you're on the old highway in the Los Angeles area. But there are lots of other places. Mickey Mantle's hometown of Commerce, Oklahoma, is on the route. I mean, you'd have to drive through town. Was the old Route 66 highway takes you right by the high school ballpark. So uh, he has a, 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 a wonderful perspective on some of the different places along the highway. And we're going to talk to him and see if we can... Uh, Get a little details uh, if you were thinking about taking a road trip by yourself or with somebody else or something. You were a sports fan. I kind of thought it might be fun to just uh, take his book and go back to Chicago and spend a couple weeks coming out to the coast. But maybe that's just me. <laughs> yeah, that is definitely just you. You, you should. This should have been your book. Well, we'll work on a different one for you. All right. Uh, the book is entitled A Sports Fan's Guide to Route 66. That'll be coming up after a, a short time out. Don't forget, links to that and much more can be found at TravelGuysRadio.com. If you have planned to motor west... Hello again, it's Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano, the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. By the way, our special guests and all that we talk about uh, can be found at TravelGuysRadio.com. We are headed off in a direction that is uh, really a place that I'm happy to be revisiting. I'm a huge fan of an old stretch of highway that ran across this country, still does, many parts of it. Uh, Route 66 from Chicago to Los Angeles. And our guest today is Ron Clements. Ron is a sports writer and author who has come up with a book that really got my attention, A Sports Fan's Guide to Route 66. Ron, welcome to The Travel Guys. Thanks, Mark and Tom. Ron, is this your first book, your first attempt at, at being an author, or have you done things before this? Well, this is my second book. Um, I self-published my first book, which was called Home Run on Wheels. Uh, my wife and I live full-time in an RV, and we got the RV in 2018 with the purpose of going to all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums in a single season. Hmm. And we did that. We did. We were living in Charlotte at the time when we got the RV, so we went down to Florida for spring training, then it did opening day in Miami, and we ended the trip in St. Louis in September of that year. So the book Home Run on Wheels chronicles that, that trek to all 30 wow. Major League Baseball stadiums. But while on that trip, and when I was working on the book, I got asked, um, what's the second book going to be? And, uh, well, I realized that no one had ever connected sports to Route 66 before, which um, really surprised me, considering it starts in Chicago and ends in Los Angeles, where you have every professional sports league represented. And uh, so I decided to uh, write this book. I used to live in St. Louis, and my wife is from Peoria, Illinois. Um, so I was familiar with uh, kind of the Illinois-Missouri stretch of uh, Route 66, and uh, yeah, it's just something I, uh, I I I wanted to uh, fill that void uh, for people like me, and and sounds like you, people who love sports and also love to travel. Boy, Ron, I'll tell you, uh, I'm listening to you, and I'm looking at Mark here, and I'm going, this this is Mark. I mean, 
<laughs> he takes people pe- pe- with sports leisure vacations. They take people all over the country for extended uh, baseball trips and so forth. And uh, Mark, I guess it's, uh, you know, it'll pay close attention to this interview and you can kind of map out that when you retire the RV, the well, game. And I'm sure <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm sure this is in Ron's book somewhere. But the last time we came down 66 with a group of people a couple of years ago, uh, we stopped in Commerce, Oklahoma, which, of course, is the hometown of Mickey Mantle. And yep. so we have kind of adopted their baseball team there a little bit. And we sent them a check every year Commerce to kind of help with some of their some of their expenses and stuff like that. So, uh, uh, yeah, went out and met the ball players, And so we have a, a little extra tie there. Ron, this <laughs> says, Clements goes beyond nostalgic Route 66 buildings, diners, and classic cars to highlight historic sports venues, teams, storied sports professionals, and current sports events. Kind of iconic stadium that maybe people don't realize is right along Route 66 is the Rose Bowl in, in Pasadena. I mean, it is such a well-known stadium. Uh, you know, the, the Rose Bowl game is the oldest bowl, college bowl game uh, still being played. I interviewed Brian Brantley, who's the director of the Rose Bowl Foundation, and he took me through the old locker room from like the 1922 locker room, which is now a small Rose Bowl museum. That, wow. that was really neat. Um, that that was probably the highlight for me. I, I do think every Los Angeles Dodgers fan should visit or should take a trip down Route 66 because you can see the Dodgers and their affiliates anywhere between Chicago and Los Angeles because every level of Dodgers baseball is on Route 66. You've got single A in Rancho Cucamonga, double A in Tulsa, triple A in Oklahoma City. Dodger Stadium is right on Route 66. And then, you know, you've got Wrigley Field four miles north of the start point in, in Chicago. You've got the St. Louis Cardinals. Bush Stadium is right on Route 66. You can't miss it. With uh, Tulsa Drillers, the double-A affiliate of the Dodgers, um, you can see them in Springfield, Missouri, or in uh, Amarillo, Texas. The, the, they're both double-A uh, teams in that Texas league with Tulsa. Uh, the Amarillo Stadium, it's called Hodgetown. It's brand new. It was built in 2019, and they're called the Sod Poodles. Uh, which is a that was kind of funny. That's a great it, name. It's, it's a, a a lesser known nickname for a prairie dog, which are prevalent there in North Texas. Sod poodles. Sod poodles. I'm writing that down here. Pontiac, Illinois, which is a marvelous Route 66 town. Absolutely. Uh, it um, the high school there hosts the oldest holiday basketball tournament in the country. It started in like in 1926, which coincides with when Route 66 was first commissioned. Right. Uh, another great Route 66 town is Tucumcari, New Mexico. And I didn't realize they had a nationally prominent rodeo team at Mesa Lands Community College. And uh, even though it's just a two-year school, because college rodeo is not affiliated or it's not sanctioned by the NCAA, um, the National Collegiate Rodeo Association ha- has two-year and four-year schools competing against each other. And Mo- Mesa Lands holds its own against the big schools like Arizona State uh, you know, with 40,000 students, right? It's It sounds like there's kind of, no matter what your sport is, that there's there's something out there uh, along the way for you. Ron, let me ask you, uh, before we let you go here, is there was there an interesting person or somebody that you met along the way at one of these sports venues that, that you have a, a memory of or somebody you didn't expect to meet, you know, somebody that was... Famous or not yeah. famous, or 
Well, I, I, I did about 60 interviews for the book, and uh, uh, the, the book has about 300 photos, almost all of which were taken by either me or my wife. Um, but I did about 60 interviews. Um, the L.A. Lakers issued me immediate credentials, so I've got Dwight Howard, Anthony Davis, and LeBron James quoted in this book. Um, but uh, one thing that was kind of unexpected was at Northern Arizona University, Mitch Stroman, who is the play-by-play voice for Northern Arizona, he told me a, a personal story of when he was a, a kid growing up in the Kansas City area. He had family out in California, and his family almost every summer would drive from Kansas City, Missouri to Southern California, and they pretty much did a Route 66 trip from Missouri to, to, to California every summer. And he, he was he told was was talking about the you know seeing the different things and, and going through the. It, he focused on the Arizona towns, but going through the towns like Williams and Winslow and Win- Winona and, uh, of course, Flagstaff, where he now lives, uh, that that was kind of an unexpected and, and pleasant surprise that, that Mitch Stroman had this personal connection to Route 66. And who would have known that? Who would have known that a town and small town in Arizona would become famous for standing on the corner? in Winslow, Arizona, and that Winslow would create a place where you could actually go and stand on a corner in Winslow, Arizona, and take a picture and have cool Route 66 murals and stuff in the background. Ron, thank you um, so much for a little bit of your time. The title of the book is A Sports Fan's Guide to Route 66. Ron Clements is the sports writer who authored the book. Um, Ron, I'm going to run out and get a copy of myself because I'm a sports fan and a Route 66 fan, so I can't think of any better combination um, than this. Thanks for sharing a little bit about your book with us. Um, and if you, you come up with any other travel ideas associated with, with writing, be sure to think of us. All right, will do. Thanks, guys. Well, I, I, well, I love that. Uh, like I say, I, I think um, he stole your book, but that's okay. <laughs> that was great. That was great. Uh, you know, uh, People and are so creative. They, well, they he come thought up about some stuff. of the, he thought about some of the big places along Route 66. You know, the Rose Bowl and stuff like that. But uh, there are, trust me, there is a plethora of. If you drove down Route 66 in baseball season and you drove through the flyover states in the middle part of the country, um, you could find a baseball game on Route 66 every afternoon. I'm absolutely certain of it. With all the minor league cities and all that kind of jazz, um, I want to just take a second here, Tom, if we can, before the program uh, goes off the air, to thank all the folks who showed up uh, for the F- Sports Leisure Vacations Tour preview day yesterday. Remind those that didn't that their copy of our catalog will be in the mail. If you're a mature traveler and you're interested in going fun places, you can go to sportsleisure.com and request a catalog, and we will be happy to send you one. But thanks, to again, to our public television station for the use of their facility and uh, to all of the folks who came out masked and vaccinated yesterday to find out where we hope to be able to go down the road. Outstanding, outstanding. And if you travel with Sports Leisure Vacations, you travel safely. They are the vaccinated travelers i might point out thanks for joining us we'll be back next week here to make you a smarter traveler with all kinds of tips and such again visit travelguysradio.com mark and remember dance like nobody's watching stay well my friends see you next week